Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Racing Boys. And if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than the tornado in the trailer park. You know, the funny thing about that is the Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done. It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And welcome to another edition of Mostly Motorsports. I'm Kirk Elliott flying solo today. Scott Trailer is taking care of his lady Deidre medical issue. They got to get taken care of today, so... Scott not able to join us today, but uh, he will be back on Saturday for Track Talk and next Monday, uh, Mostly Motorsports. So just Todd's surprise myself here. And it's February, and that means there's a lot of racing going on down in Florida and California, too, by the way. Saturday night, the uh, Bush Light Clash was held. It was supposed to be Sunday night that they moved it up to Saturday night. Have you ever seen anything like that before, Scott Todd, where they moved up an event a day? No. But that's that's what they did for NASCAR out at the uh, Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. What do you think? I, I think for obviously it was necessity. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they definitely pulled the trigger the right way on that one. There wasn't they no, had no choice. Yeah, there was nothing they can do. And, yeah. and secondly, there was no event the following week you know previous so everything was able to kind of be pushed up you know they were all there everybody was there camera crews were there the amount of fans were going to be there well, that was going to be there you know we knew what was happening with this weather so yeah i i they, just get it in they made the right and, yeah, and i think they made the right call this thing was a one-off deal you know when you build the track specifically for this thing and people then, had tickets for this thing not too happy about it yeah, but what are you gonna do it i don't think they would have got it in no, I the, honestly the, don't there's think. There's rain forecast for the next three or four days out there. And a lot of rain, And they too. spent a lot of money building this venue for the third year in a row. You definitely want to get the race in. So, yeah, I, you know, it's unprecedented to move it up a day. And I think what they ended up doing was letting people in for free. Yeah. And that, they, they tried to give notice. I think it was about 3 o'clock our time Saturday afternoon when we found out about it. Yeah, I, I was watching the stuff in the morning i had no idea i kind of went out and had some people doing some yard work for me and out kind of messing around with them helping you know asking them about things and then came back in and i was like oh we're they're running this bad i i didn't know yeah, a lot of people a lot of people didn't know <laughs> yeah until, I, a lot of people didn't know until it was over yeah like you said there was people too luckily with social media it's a little different nowadays with social media yeah. um people were tweeting or X and you know whatever you want to say and you know posting on all different platforms saying hey you know this race is going on tonight right now so yeah I mean well, you, they definitely made the right call absolutely you know though. we're all here let's just get it in this weather you can't fight the weather and when you're talking about that amount of rain well there's flooding and yeah. all kinds of San Diego's completely underwater yeah. everybody's SoCal they're just it's 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 wet <laughs> what are you gonna do you can't wait it out so that's that's they made the right call I so believe. Denny Hamlin is the winner uh that's his fourth clash win his first half the Coliseum beat uh, Kyle Bush to the line. Ryan Blaney comes from dead last to third. Joey Legato fourth and Kyle Larson fifth. Now they get ready for the Daytona 500. 
the qualifying will be next week. The duels on Thursday the 15th and the 500 on the 18th. But, you know, here at Racing Boys, we're more interested in the dirt tracks. Going that all in action. All kicking off now, man. Yep. East Bay tonight will be the opener for the six nights of the Lucas Hole Late Model Series. They've been at it for a week at uh, three other racetracks here over the last week. And tonight is night one of the Dirt Track Dirt Car Nationals at Belusia Speedway Park. The UMP Modifieds will be in action the next two nights. And the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars will be there for four nights, Wednesday through Saturday. We've got some sound from Friday's press conference of some of the top drivers in the World of Outlaws. We'll play that a little bit later on in the show. We've got a couple of big guests Lined up for today's show, Robert Ballou, the madman, one of the most exciting open-wheel drivers in the country. I think everybody will agree with that. will be joining us here in a few minutes. And Hunter Schoenberg will be here as well a little bit later on this hour. Hunter is in a new ride this year with Reinbold Racing in the 19 car. You remember, he kind of made a name of himself with the Vermeer Motorsports 55 team till he was let go from that ride last year, and he bounced around some other rides last year. He made the Knoxville Nationals in Kevin Swindell's 39 car. It was one of the surprises at Knoxville last year. So we'll be anxious to uh, have Hunter Schoenberg on the show to tell us what his plans are for the upcoming season. But uh, this is uh, one of the most exciting times of the year for racing because uh, it's just about every night now over the next two, three weeks of racing going on at several different tracks down in Florida with Volusia Speedway Park uh, headlining the World of Outlaws later this week. The UMP mods, uh, you can watch all that on Dirt Vision. Uh, Next week, we're going to start having Connor Wade and... Chase Rodman on the show every week to give us updates from the two series that are now rivals to each other. Connor Wade will be doing the pit reporting for Dirt Vision's coverage of the World of Outlaws, while Chase Rodman is the main voice of the High Limits series. And both those guys will give us updates beginning next Monday of uh, what's going on. It'll be next week when they're at East Bay Raceway Park for the opener of the High Limits series. So we'll be anxious to see how this battle with the sprint cars will uh, get started out. And, uh, you know, everybody's just kind of anxious to see how this is all going to play out this year. The rosters are all lined up, ready to go. 17 drivers for the High Limit Series, a dozen drivers for the World of Outlaws Series. Uh, But here, over the last couple of weeks, late models have kind of taken center stage. We've had... All kinds of late model racing going on this past week. Ricky Thornton Jr., who won 40 races last year, including 23 on the Lucas Oil Late Model Series, has already gotten his season off to a big start, winning three of the six Lucas Oil Late Model races so far. Saturday night, a little bit out of the ordinary for what we've seen early this year and all of last year, Tim McCready winning his first race of the year starting on the outside of the front row at All-Tech Speedway on Saturday night in a very heavy racetrack, uh, picking up the victory that might have surprised a lot of people. It really shouldn't surprise people because he's a two-time Lucas Oil late model champion in recent years, but Tim McCready really hadn't been running all that fast this year. But on a heavy racetrack on Saturday night, he was able to get it done. They had a practice session at East Bay last night, 
Jonathan Davenport, who didn't have a good night on Saturday night, he was mired towards the back, had to come out of the B main when you start the back of these feature events. Whether it's late models or sprint cars, you're going to have a hard time winning. And Jonathan Davenport didn't have very good qualifying night the other night and had to start way back. Well, last night, he was the fastest of those guys that got out onto the racetrack at East Bay Raceway. Uh, also, Brian Shirley, Kyle Bronson uh, were top runners. I don't see Ricky Thornton's Jr.'s name on the practice chart from last night, uh, but he'll definitely be in action down at East Bay beginning tonight. Six straight nights of racing down there, and this is the last year we're going to see racing at East Bay Raceway Park because at the end of this year, that track is going away. It's already been sold. They're going to have the grand finale this fall in October, but this February is going to be the last time you're going to be seeing races at East Bay near Tampa. Another another big track going away. Yep. Lost a couple That's sad. lost a few last year and so anything you guys could do make sure you support your tracks out there cuz there's there's nothing. I mean there there's sometimes it's inevitable it's going to happen whether, you know, but man, it says a lot about how things are going when a track like East Bay and you got the one big one in Texas that went down. You got, I mean, you got a lot of tracks that are just closing up, guys. It's just, yeah, it's tough. But get out there and support your tracks this year. 2024 should be a good racing year. So they got a couple of uh, weeks of racing after this week at East Bay. The High Limit Series, we told you about that, is going to be opening up a week from this coming weekend. And then in uh, two weeks, the same weekend as the Daytona 500, we'll see the 360 Sprint Cars, which is a tradition at East Bay Raceway. They'll be in action to kind of close things out for February. But Belusia Speedway Park is going to be another busy racetrack after this week's modified and the World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. Next week, we'll see the World of Outlaw Late Models and the Big Block Modifieds in action at East Bay at uh, Volusia Speedway Park. And if you're a pavement fan, New Smyrna Beach, New Smyrna Speedway. We'll have all kinds of great short track racing there. Ocala Speedway, which is just up the road uh, from Daytona north, this weekend, the USAC National Sprint Cars, which Robert Ballou will be a part of, will be in action this Friday and Saturday night. Then they got two nights at Volusia Speedway Park next Monday and Tuesday, and they return to Ocala Speedway uh, to finish off the Winter Dirt Games uh, next weekend. So we got all kinds of racing that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. So uh, it's it's going to be exciting to watch. Already the late model racing has been really good. The two, the two big winners have been Ricky Thornton Jr. and Hudson O'Neill, but Tim McCready spoiled that party the other night with a big win on Saturday night. But uh, Thornton Jr. and Hudson O'Neill, who's the defending champion of the Lucas Hole Late Model Series, uh, seem to pick up where they left off. Devin Moran has been a real strong contender to start the season. He always seems to run well down in Florida. And he's continuing that no matter what racetrack he's on. With the World of Outlaws, he was at Volusia a couple of weeks ago, had strong runs there. And uh, Golden Isle in Georgia. And now Alltech Speedway, he's had a pretty strong race car. So Devin Moran has got his season off to a great start. He's just one turn away from winning the championship last year at Eldora Speedway when Hudson O'Neill got past him on the final lap for the championship. If that hadn't happened, Devin Moran would have walked out of there with uh, a big payday of 
nearly uh, $200,000. So uh, Devin Moran has picked up that momentum here at the start of this season. Jonathan Davenport has been kind of up and down here so far this year. He's had strong runs early in the season, then he has a run like he had the other night. So I think the bottom line is if you don't qualify well in these races, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle the rest of the night because the competition is so strong. If you don't get a good qualifying run and get transferred out of these heat races with a good starting spot in the A main, you're in deep trouble. I don't care if you're Jonathan Davenport or who you are. You're going to have a hard time battling back to win these races. We've seen uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. have some bad qualifying nights and have to rally back, but it's really tough to win if you got to come from the back half of the field out of the B main. Yeah, it's there's a lot of competition, and it's not like there's one or two guys just dominating everything. So when you have this great competition all around it, you can't take a night off, and like you said, it's it's good for the fans when you're not. I mean, Ricky Thornton's dominating everything, but it's also good to see if you guys get a good win early in the season like this. Because I don't know, I don't want to see everybody just being dominated the whole year from the get go. So yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to see this type of competition already. I mean, heck, the other night they were already upset on the podium, wasn't they? Those guys were not. Not very happy when they were up there on the podium, kind of butt and elbows. And oh, a week ago, yeah, <laughs> when when Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, on a rubber down racetrack had to muscle his way past Jonathan Davenport. Jonathan didn't didn't like that a whole lot. Oh, that was a week ago, yeah. but uh, we talked about that Golden on Isle Speedway on yeah. our show, and yeah, that was like you said, no, all three of them that were on the podium, nobody looked happy. Everybody, everybody had a, had the look on their face already. And we've already talked about it. It's, it's already starting guys. It was the first big race out of the year. And these guys are already upset with each other. We talked with Ben Shelton about that. You know, he was there yeah. and, and talked about that. I was on our, on our podcast. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, we're starting our, this is February, Kirk. We're on, our, we're in February now, our first podcast in february yeah. january's is wrapped up um we had kind of a lull there between the chili bowl yeah. and right now now it's picked up and it's but racing me, every night from here over the next three weeks absolutely but let me tell you we had some serious guests though during that first four the first four shows of the season yeah i made a highlight video that video is going to get posted a little bit later on today and it just kind of gives you a little highlight of each guest that we have, you know, had so far in the year, and uh, kind of kind of keep doing that throughout the year. Try to uh, for you guys to promote our show. We'd love for you guys to hit that subscribe button on all of our social media pages and our uh, mostly motorsports podcast page. That that helps us a bunch. Make sure you subscribe, guys. Appreciate that. Uh, if you're a dirt modified fan, they had lots of racing over at East Bay all week, just about every night. Saturday night, Lucas Lee beat Kyle Strickler to the line to uh, finish up the week at East Bay. Now they'll be at Volusia Speedway Park tonight, and they've added some money onto the uh, card for the UMP Modifieds tonight at Volusia Speedway Park. They'll be bracing for more money than they ever have down there, an increase of over $27,000 from the 2023 purse will be, and there's a new format uh, implemented this year. If you remember last year, they ran like three or four feature races in one night, and this year the UMP Modifieds will run, uh, will pay $1,000 to the one feature winner uh, with minimum 125 to start. And, of course, like 
all of the racers down in the, all the different classes at Volusia that will be running for the Gator, the Gator Championship Program Saturday night for the uh, Modifieds, which will run in accordance with the uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Cars 2, will feature a purse of $20,450 for the 32 main event starters on Saturday night. So these Modified drivers are going to be running for a lot of money all week with the Sprint Cars joining the fray on Wednesday night through Saturday down at Volusia Speedway Park. And again, if you want to watch all of that, uh, that's on Dirt Vision. The racing at East Bay this week will be on Flow Racing for the Lucas Hole Late Model Series. And uh, then this weekend we'll see the uh, USAC Sprint Cars at Ocala Speedway. That's on Flow Racing. So uh, between Flow and Dirt Vision, I think you can get just about everything you want to see. Uh, and the action at New Smyrna Speedway 2 on occasion will be on uh, Flow Racing as well, I believe. So... All of that going on this week, and uh, so it's a nightly nightly thing now. For the next uh, two, three weeks, we're going to be watching races just about every day. It's on like Donkey Kong now, guys. It's not too many nights off once it gets going. You feel like you're just, there's no like easy strokes, guys. It's, it's, it, you're just swimming along now. We're diving in the deep end, and it's, it's jumping off, man. Everything's kicking off. I know everybody has been you know working hard trying to get their rides and all their sponsors and all their crew guys together and we'll see how everybody did you know this is a yeah this is a gonna be a very uh different type of year guys we're gonna have the first time we're gonna have uh an actual you know i mean there's been other competition for world of outlaws in the past but with this is a big time series stepping up trying to compete with them you know and and uh, this is gonna be an interesting year very interesting be a different year there's no doubt no doubt about that and uh, of course everybody wants to get off to a great start uh, all those drivers that uh, were at the media day at the world of outlaws down in charlotte the other day all talked about that they all want to get off to a great start which is very important because it's tough to win that first race david gravel said that said the toughest win is the first one because you feel and get the first one behind your belt then things can go smoothly after that. Yeah, that that let me tell you something. We know as well. You don't want to get behind the eight ball right out of the gate. And right. if you're starting a new series, like you're jumping, you've switched series, or you're in, you're introducing yourself into a series. Man, you definitely don't want to step on your toe on the on the first few weeks and and you know step on your own tip foot and and have a problem. That I don't know, man. I know if it was me and I was moving to a new series like that. And uh, the pressure's on. I mean, it's it. You can't fumble, guys. This is like if you've left one series and moved on to the other. I, I don't know. And then we've got a few teams that have a driver in either series. Is that right, too, Kirk? We got a couple teams that are going to have one racing in World of Outlaws. And well, a lot of the high limit drivers are going to be they're they're allowed to run as many other races exactly. as they want to, and so. All the high limit stars are going to be at Volusia this weekend, running with the World of Outlaws. Absolutely, including Brad Sweet. How about that? So, <laughs> five-time champion, so they have the freedom to do that. And then next week uh, will be the season opener for the high limit series. Well, if if you want to, like you said, you only have a few chimes to beat Brad Sweet because he's not going to be competing yeah. full time on this. Might be the weekend. You can put that notch on your belt and say, "I got Brad Sweet." Yeah. You know what I mean? Because everybody's yeah. wanting to beat him, and if he's not in your if he's not in your tour no more for Rico's another driver exactly that's, that's going to be there this so week as well. Satisfaction of beating those kind of guys, yep. 
is it doubles when they you know when they've left your series kind of thing. There's going to be a battle. It will be. be the high limit driver or a World of Outlaw regular that oh, win man. this weekend. A lot of pressure on the World of Outlaw guys to protect their turf this weekend when these high limit guys come in. When we come back, we're going to talk with Robert Ballou, who is one of the stars of the USAC Amsoil Sprint Car Series, and he's got a full-time ride in the Silver Crown Series. We'll talk about that and the 2024 season with Robert Ballou, the madman, when we come back here on Mostly Motorsports, brought to you by Rod End Supply and the Power Eye Lightning Sprint Series. Coming back here in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports, brought to you by Rod End Supply. I'm Kirk Elliott. Scott Trailer not with us today, taking care of uh, his lady, Deidre, who's going through some medical issues today. So we wish uh, her the best, and Scott will rejoin us soon. On the line now is former USAC Sprint Car Champion, Indiana Sprint Week Champion. He's won the Tony Holman Classic. He's done everything there is to do in the world of non-wing sprint car racing, the madman, Robert Ballou, is joining us. Robert, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? We're doing great. You're about ready to kick off the season this weekend down at uh, Ocala Speedway. That's a racetrack you've had a pretty good history at. Uh, how much you looking forward to the season? You finished seventh in the standings last year. You're looking for a, a return to, to top form this year. Do you feel like that uh, you're headed things back in a big way in 2024 uh yeah absolutely i feel like uh everything's probably the best that it's been maybe ever uh so hopefully the results uh show the same what kind of changes did you make in the off season um not nothing major but we uh we made a change i don't know for the last maybe quarter of the season we switched to to uh, DRC chassis, uh, they're right here in Indianapolis, in Gasoline Alley, if you will, in Indianapolis, and uh, it's it's basically a, a, a similar version to you know a car that I won the championship with. Uh, everything's pretty much the same, um, and I hadn't found anything that was as comfortable. Um, any car that I'd ran 
since then, um, we, we seem to, to fight, uh, never really could find a perfect balance or comfort level. So we, um, we obviously didn't realize it was going to be as close as it is. Um, as far as setup wise, scale numbers, um, you know, and, and, uh, when I got in the thing, I immediately, uh, went to the front and, and so, uh, obviously that then obviously, you know, sparks a fire that, you know, uh, that you needed. So, uh, we got two new ones, uh, to go to Florida and, uh, got our engine program, uh, where we think it needs to be. And, uh, just looking forward to seeing how things go. Uh, obviously, you know, they've added, uh, two more races down there. So now we're down there for seven, seven total races, which is, you know, uh, a, a big chunk of the, of the season, if you will, you know, it's only 50 something races. So, uh, you know, you got seven nights, it's a big chunk. So if you don't come out swinging and, uh, and leave there on a high note, uh, it's, it's a tough hole to dig out of. You got five of those nights at Ocala Speedway, twice at Belusia Speedway Park, very fast a racetrack. Ocala Speedway, that, that's kind of an odd configuration, is it not? Yeah, for sure. And, it, you know, there's, uh, I would say, of, of all the guys, uh, Brady Bacon probably gets around it the best. Uh, his car seems to maneuver uh, three and four is tricky. One and two, anybody can pretty much get around. But it uh, doesn't matter how good you get around one and two if you can't uh, get off a three or get off a four, basically. Um, uh, you're never going to win the race. And uh, uh master it at times and uh you know sometimes it's around the, the top and very very rarely but uh getting off a turn four on the bottom is uh it, it is it's not for the faint of heart uh it's uh, it's difficult um to be able to get your car to maneuver around without spinning out um but he but brady on the other hand is the only guy that's ever spun out two or three times trying to make that work uh you know, in the front of the field uh, at the beginning of a race. So uh, nobody's perfect. And, uh, you know, I think uh, with the pa- package that we're going to bring to Florida, we should have uh, as good of a shot as anyone. It is a, definitely a tricky track. Uh, Bubba's obviously rebranded it and uh, put dirt in it and made it a little more banked. And, uh, you know, uh, I've always ran uh, respectfully there. So uh, hopefully... It's uh, two grooves of racing and uh, lots of slide jobs. Yeah, looked uh, watching the late model races up there. Looked like they got rid of that crown that used to be there. That's not there as as prevalent as it was before. It appears. Yeah, absolutely. What is it? It's wider in one and two than it is coming off three and kind of an egg shaped track, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And. You know, you really got to get the thing backed into three and four. Uh, almost, you almost spin the thing out, kind of. Uh, but you, it's one of the few tracks that you have to use wheel spin to create forward forward drive. Most places, you get your wheel spinning too much and get the tires hot, and um, then it's over with. Uh, it's one of the few places that uh, you know seems seems as though like you got to get the thing twisted up and get it bent around and uh, keep the wheels spinning so that. Uh, it, it still go. It still goes forward, but 
it's it's just a tricky, unique. Uh, it's like a one of a kind racetrack. You know, we don't go anywhere else the rest of the year, and a lot of guys struggle there. Um, you know, qualifying can be really, really interesting because you know you run every one for for the most part run one lane during hot laps, and and above it and below it is normally grease. So sometimes, you know, if the lane's real narrow, if you miss it by a tire width, you're in the grease. And then you go from, well, if you were going to be quick time, you might be 20th. Um, so obviously, just like the wing guys, uh, qualifying's everything, everything still. And USAC's changed their format a little bit. And, and so it's going to be uh, interesting. Uh, it's, it it kind of helped. The really fat, the guys who are consistently fast qualifying, uh, who tend to struggle to pass cars and not make it out of their heat race, uh, the new format's going to help them. It's probably going to hurt a guy like me, who's I'm a I'm a fifth to tenth place qualifier on average, and uh, uh, I benefited from you know the way that the format was. So now it helps out the guys. They added one more transfer spot throughout the heat through the heat race. And uh, then if a fast guy doesn't make it, they start at the front row of the, of the B main. So uh, they've changed some things I didn't really care for. But, uh, you know, the guys who are consistently fast uh, at qualifying, uh, that's what they wanted. So obviously they were uh, uh, leveraging to make things a little bit easier on them and uh, to make it to where they don't have to pass cars. Uh, uh, and I'm the king of passing cars. So uh We'll we'll just have to try and beat them in lap traffic, I guess. Uh, you never considered yourself a, a really big time qualifier. I mean, I mean, you when you get into racing conditions, you're really strong. But did you ever consider yourself a good qualifier? No, and and last year actually I had a couple quick times and uh, finally got the car freed up enough to where where I could run it. Uh, you know, I guess as hard as them guys, and uh, that's probably what we struggled with for all these years. Uh, you know, just the car's just a tick too tight and didn't roll through the corner as well as it needed to or or uh, or whatnot. But, um, you know, uh, when, I, when we used to run that TNT Sprint Bandit deal with uh, that Emmett and, and had, uh, you know, passing was uh, was a premium. You, you know, you pill drew and passing points, finishing points, go to a qualifier, passing points, finishing points, and lined you up and and uh, nine out of ten times, the cream rose to the top, and uh, we were right there with them. Uh, that's how we were able to win that the last championship that they had in 2010. Um, passing uh, was a premium. That's how you know I learned how to race was from passing. Uh, when you raced wing sprint cars in California, you had to pass to start up front, and uh, now now it's gone more or less to qualifying. You know, qualifying is everything, whether it's wing sprint cars. Qualify good, and make it through your heat. You start on the front row. Uh, you know, USAC's a little bit different. They invert the top six for the heat race, so you had to at least get to fourth if you qualified good. Well, now you only have to get to fifth. So, so if you qualify decent, uh, you don't have to pass other than one car, maybe um, one or two at the most. So, they've uh, softened it up for the fast guys and uh, just basically made it more difficult for for uh, for a you know, a fifth to 15th place qualifier or, or, or an outsider, you know, it makes it really difficult for a guy to come in, uh, that's not a regular and, and, and even have a chance for a win, if you will, which is, which is kind of,
kind of, uh, in my opinion, not not the greatest, but uh, that's just uh, my opinion. You know, a lot of fans, Robert, love the way you race out there and the way you pass cars, but you, some of your fellow competitors are not big fans of you. you. You don't seem to be bothered by what other drivers think of the way you race, do you? No, you know, uh, uh, this is how, you know, if I don't, if I run last every night, uh, I would say about 80% of my race team is, is funded by uh, prize money. Um, I, I go to work and drive a truck or do whatever uh, my boss tells me to do from day to day, whether it's work on his, his stepson, Parker Price Miller's race cars, or or uh, go pick up snowmobiles in, in, uh, in Denver, Colorado, like I did last week. Uh, whatever he needs me to do is what I do, and so uh, that's how I survive uh, to keep a roof over my head. And then uh, I, I, when I get to the racetrack, uh, I'm normally tired. So my patients are a little thin, and then when these guys get to sleep all day long and show up with their helmet bag, wonder why I uh, get so frustrated. Uh, I've had to work all week just to be able to survive, and when I get to the racetrack, uh, I have to run good in order to keep uh, you know my uh, new tires on my race car. So it's one of them deals to where uh, they don't understand it, and. Uh, Hopefully they never have to because uh, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but I get to do things the way that I want to do them, and uh, I can say what I want, and uh, I don't have to worry about a car owner firing me uh, because that's me. So uh, I've chose this route, and uh, it's, I, I feel uh, you know that it's worked out pretty well, uh, and, and I'm fortunate that I've had great people in my corner to help me out whenever I was down and out. And, uh, had a lot more injuries than most of the guys I race with, so I understand the, you know, severity of this stuff. And um, I'm in the best place that I've ever been in, uh, mentally, physically, and, uh, and and I'm as prepared as we've ever been. So, so I, I'll be disappointed if things don't uh, uh, we don't leave uh, within the top five in points and uh, a win or two while we're down here. Well, I think that's what attracts a lot of your race fans, Robert, is that hard, you know, that approach. They know you're going to give it your all, and that blue-collar attitude is just different than a lot of race car drivers. That's what fans love about you. You're real. Yeah, not, you know, exactly. You know, I, I, uh, uh, I'm I, probably the last, one of the last guys left, uh, you know, you there's uh, very few guys that are willing to put in the effort to uh, to get to the top, and uh, I know what it takes. And uh, I I I am one of the few guys that stay after when the races are over for every fan, every kid. Uh, most of the most of the top uh, top five teams uh, are loaded up within 15 minutes of the races being over and gone. And uh, I've fought for the last. 10 years to try and get USAC to keep everyone there for an hour or so after the races are over to mingle with the fans and get these kids interested because uh, if you look in the grandstands, uh, the people are uh, getting older and uh, I don't feel that there's enough uh, of the next generation. I'm sure they'll uh, eventually, but you can't bank on, on, on a prayer. So if you can get someone uh, interested, uh, one day they might own the next million-dollar company that, um, you know, is willing to sponsor a race car, all from uh, something that they 
that they, you know, got to be a part of when they were a young kid. Todd, you got a question for the madman? Yeah, I, I had a quick question. Uh, what's it? What's it like? Tell the people what it's like to be on the edge. You know, there's not a lot of drivers that I see, even in time trials or practices, that have run that thing on the edge. What's it feel like to actually be on the edge of? I guess you know overdoing it or that edge. Does it? Can you tell what it feels like when you're when you're pushing that car and it's almost too much? You know, there's not very many places anymore that you feel that because uh, uh, these track owners don't really like my opinion on this, but they don't put the effort in that they used to. The tracks aren't near as wet. They don't hold the moisture. They're normally slick. Uh, I don't know. Some days I wonder if it's for insurance purposes that they get the track too fast. Uh, somebody might uh, stub their toe or something. Uh, so, but there are a few places, you know, Kokomo Speedway is pretty, pretty dang hairy. When you, when you run that thing off into one, your, your brain is telling your, your right foot that you need to roll out of it a little bit, but, uh, that's worth two or three tenths and, uh, the, the fast guys ain't lifting getting into one. Yeah, I um, I've seen you at Lakeside. Yeah. Sp- go ahead. Yeah, Lakeside Speedway is another one. You know, there like you, go. Uh, you really gotta uh, run the thing uh, at till till the strings as tight as it can get before it breaks, and, uh, and uh, you're kind of on a hope. <laughs> so, if you had your way, you'd rather have a uh, heavy, tacky racetrack over a slick. Well, I don't. I don't say I don't want to say that because obviously that well they, I think they call that hero dirt where everyone's fast when it's really really wet, but when it's slick uh, and no cushion and idling around, the fans didn't drive uh, to the racetrack and spend uh, you know a hundred or two uh, for them and their kids and uh, beer and whatnot. Uh, it's just you know not that uh, that's not what they came for. So. I, I just feel everyone ought to ought to get their money's worth. Uh, two grooves, uh, you know, take a little bit of time and, and till the bottom if it's if it's black slick and nothing to get a hold of. And you know, uh, there's 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 racetracks around that show that the racetrack still can be good, um, but obviously it takes a lot of effort as it does uh, anything you do if you want to be the best, whether it's basketball, football, baseball. If you want to be the best, you have to put the effort in and. I think uh, they've they've just a lot of these promoters here lately seem to or track promoters have uh, just banked that that we're all going to show up and we're going to put the show on and they don't have to put in the effort and uh, it does suck because the racing could be so much better. Yeah, track prep is groups. everything. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts about Volusia Speedway at the big fast half mile racetrack? You know, believe it or not, a place like Lakeside uh, feels a lot faster. Um, I think you carry more speed. It's kind of round at there, so it doesn't. It is fast, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't feel like uh, you know a Sealands Grove for say, uh, or uh, a Port Royal or or a track like Terre Haute somewhere like that. It it's so round. Um, it doesn't. It's fast, but it, it it's not we don't carry the speed like the wing cars do where they can really get buried into the track thing shaped so round that, uh, it doesn't feel near as fast as it does, as, as you're probably actually going. Um, there's a few, there's only a few places, you know, you get to a place like Sealands Grove in Pennsylvania. When you get to the end of the straightaway, you know, you're uh, hauling the mail. 
Uh, you're going to be driving in the Silver Crown Series this year. Tell us about that ride. Yeah, really, really fortunate. Um, a few years ago, uh, I thought I had uh, was going to get to drive for Hans and uh, Greg Nelson as the mechanic, and uh, I, I got hired on a I would say on a a Monday, and uh, apparently there was they they uh, they hired someone that was better than me that, uh, a couple days later, and, and I got relieved of my duties before I even got to put my seat in the car. So I was kind of skeptical whether I was actually going to get the ride or not. So I hadn't said anything, but once Hans finally uh, let the cat out of the bag, I figured uh, it must be it must be legit this time. So uh, Hans has uh, really 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 good equipment. He uh, uh, and Greg Nelson's one of the best mechanics uh, in Silver Crown racing, so or any racing for that matter. Uh, he's been doing it a long time. And uh, all the resources are there. Uh, I'll be disappointed if we don't win a couple races. Um, I told myself I wouldn't get in another Silver Crown car unless I built one myself or or it was uh, A-plus quality. And uh, I believe this is probably one of the best rides you could possibly have. So I'm, uh, I'm extremely grateful, and I'm looking forward to hopefully giving them uh, some good runs and loading it in the trailer every night. Well, after what I saw at Belleville last year, I was looking forward to going back there. And now that you're a part of that roster, I'm really looking forward to heading to Belleville this year. How about that big racetrack? Yeah, I ran that maybe 2010. Uh, they went there one time. Uh, I was running the De Palma car. And I think I ran third uh, with, with with no brakes. I uh, uh, felt that we had a car to win, and it was just uh, kind of difficult in lap traffic. Uh, uh, no brakes is no good at a place that's big and fast like that. So uh, luckily it's round as well, so so you can keep the thing turned for the most part. But when someone could give a slider, it's really hard to get, get the thing chalked up and get to drive back underneath of them. So uh, I, I think we ended up third or fourth there uh, that last time, and, and uh, I believe uh, – we got a lot better chance this year. I, I love Belleville. The place is uh, really neat, and I wish the midgets would uh, get back on the real r- racetrack. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to keep those cars on the small racetrack. But the Silver yeah, Crown midget, uh, on the big track, that was a hell of a show last year, so really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I think there was a few test sliders gone wrong yeah. uh, last year. That's right. Hey, Robert, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend at Ocala. We'll be watching. Right on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. Likewise. There he is, the bad man, Robert Ballou, joining us. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Hunter Schoenberg. They call him Hunter Percent. He's got a new ride in the uh, winged 410 sprint cars for 2024. So, We're going to take this short break. We're coming back with more Mostly Motorsports, brought to you by Rod-In Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Coming right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them 
For us, we wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. Todd Surprise running the show for us here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. Kirk, Glad you're back. Hey, I am back. Deidre okay? Yep, Deidre's okay. All right. She's got it. Kirk, did you see that big old mask on her face? Yeah. All the best to her. Man, I, I, I'm just... I'm just hopeful that uh, there's nothing serious we going on We had to go there. see about that. We had to go see about that today. She's back home resting now. She's back home resting now, as uh, as you know. And uh, she is, uh, she's got a big old mass here on the side of her, her face. Did you see yeah. that, Kirk? Yeah. That was, that. that's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So they gave her some medications and they give her some uh, steroids. Good for her. Saliva gown was backed up. So right. that that's don't I don't want people to think she has like a mass on her. So she has her right. face is swollen up because her saliva gland is all backed up and it's created. You've had that done before, haven't you? I had you? surgery. I had remember I had to have surgery on my saliva gland. Had the I had it was huge giant pieces of did, stuff did taken you out. have that big old mass uh, mine would swell up down under here right under the bottom side right. and um it was they they call it milking you had to try to milk it right which means you know you have taste buds and you have the where the stuff squirts out from under your tongue right well, it stops coming out under one side and i had a mass underneath there and yeah i had to have surgery i went in and had surgery and had that bad boy taken out and uh knock on wood been good since Kirk? Glad to have you back, and all the best to Deidre. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let's bring in our next guest right now. Hunter Schoenberg joins us on the show. Um, Hunter, how you doing, bud? Good. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing pretty good, man. Um, man, it, it, it's pretty exciting for you to be getting into the 19 car, isn't it? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. I, I like everybody with that group, and... You know, that was my main thing going into this season. Just wanted to get with a, a group of guys that I enjoy and and uh, really like that Noah West is going to be working on the car and uh, probably the Marvels will be tagging along a little bit every now and then, which I've been, I've been around the Marvel, Marvels forever. So uh, going to be a good time and uh, looking forward to uh, 
the other car I'm going to drive as well, which is for uh, Ryan and Ashley Hybrider there out of Missouri. Um, so I, I'm pretty pretty excited about this season. Um, you know, a couple different cars to make up one schedule, but a decent amount of races and um, all all stuff that that I'm really looking forward to. We know the hybriders really well. That they're such great people, man. They they are really good people, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. I I uh, I couldn't be more excited about that opportunity. You know, for driving the Hayward car and the and the hybrider car. You know, both of them are going to be really fun to compete with. And um, you know, I, I just I genuinely love just getting to hang out with with Ryan and Ashley. They're just good people and. Um, you know, Brody and I haven't got to spend a ton of time together yet where I've got to know him like I do Ryan and Ashley, but, you know, I know Brody's got a good reputation in our sport and, uh, likes to win races as well. So, um, I'm, I'm not complaining at all about my situation. I think it'll be fun. And, um, you know, like I said, just really getting, uh, getting the opportunity to race with, with, uh, some friends and, and people that we've known for a while is is a blessing to us for sure. How, how did the nineteen uh, ride come available to you? How did that all come about? Uh, which one, the hybrid car or, or Hayward? They're, they're Hayward. actually both the nineteen the, car this year. The, the, the Hayward car. Um, that was actually uh, that was pretty much all Noah West. Um, you know, Noah actually said something to me uh, towards the end of the season last year that that you know he's young guy in college still playing uh playing college hockey and um but he loves sprint car racing and he said you know hey i'm I'm gonna have an opportunity to work on this car for hayward and then it's not going to be a ton of races but it's going to be good stuff and i i'd love to I'd, I'd love to have you as my driver and uh of course you know I, i'm I'm all about you know young guys in the sport, whether they're they're drivers or uh, you know guys that aspire to be crew chiefs or you know whatever it is fans. Um, and I just thought it was really cool that you know Noah's a twenty twenty one year old kid that that wants to pursue sprint car racing as a as a mechanic, uh, which you don't hear of very often anymore right, in our sport. Yeah. And um, I just felt like that was. Uh, uh, a, a good fit for me you know it's a chance to uh work with a young guy that's hungry and and maybe get to mentor to him a little bit and and uh you know maybe maybe some of his young young and uh ambitious energy will, will rub off on me a little bit you know i'm right i i hate to feel i hate to feel like i'm a old guy in the sport nowadays or a veteran but uh Shoot, my wife and I were talking the other day. I've 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 raced a sprint car for you know seventeen years now, so right. it's uh, it's 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 been a it's been a long time, and um, you know just looking forward to working with a guy that's 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 young and fresh to the sport. Yeah, you know, Kirk and I were both very disappointed when you lost the the ride in the fifty five car. Um, that that was. Uh, to to me and Kirk, that was surprising. We 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 couldn't understand why that that partnership broke up. Can you kind of give us a little insight on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I mean, Tony and I had been together for three and a half years, and 
and um, you know sometimes uh, you know and really I start off by saying three and a half years now for for any owner driver relationship um, sadly is is uh, a little while in our sport you know short of no doubt uh, short of you know four five maybe six guys that have been in a a ride consistently longer than that um but you know a lot of those a lot of those relationships just don't last past one race season and uh you know i think we just had a a a stretch of bad races uh during the summer of that year we we got caught up in two or three accidents where we just had nowhere to go and um you know dnf i think like three times in a row and you know no fault of anybody's really and then we backed that up with just you know a couple couple mediocre runs and and um you know i I think i think tony was uh feeling the frustrations from that much like i was and and uh you know i i kind of you know got got to where we were just we were just stale, you know, in our in our results, and um, you know, Tony had mentioned maybe wanting to run a second car here or there with with another driver, and and um, that was just something that I I really wasn't interested in doing. You know, I, I right. felt like uh, I felt like for me, if if we were going to get to the point where we had to where we had to run two cars in order to get the results that Tony wanted, even though it was only for a few races that he was entertaining doing. Um, you know, I just, I didn't really feel like that was something that was, uh, putting all the focus where it needed to. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things I I don't, you know, look, I I can, I can disagree uh, with Tony in one light with that. Right. And I didn't like the situation. Um, you know, but I think he just got to a point where he maybe expected a little bit more out of me. Right. And uh, I felt like, you know, with with my responsibilities with the team and my performance on the racetrack over the last three years that I was, you know, giving him all that I could. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's the boss, he's the team owner. And, right. And um, when you spend the kind of money that these guys do and, and are as invested as Tony Vermeer is in his team, uh, you know, it's just business. Uh, right. if, if, if they make a decision that maybe they want to give a guy a, a tryout or something like that to see if another option is better, then I can't really say that I blame them. You know, it's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's their race team, their decision. So, uh, but I, I still have a ton of respect for Tony. You know, I, I, he put me in a car for three years and Right. And also the first year gave me an opportunity when uh I was still trying to prove myself as a wing sprint car guy. So yeah. you know, he gave me an opportunity when maybe a lot of people wouldn't have. So you know, there's there's two sides to that. I can be upset over over the situation and, and the way that it ended or I can choose to be you know, thankful for right. for what Tony did did do for me. And, um, you know, there's no hard feeling there. Tony and I still talk and I know it was just business for him. Like it would be business for me. And, and uh, I, I wish him, I wish him the best, you know, there's yep. obviously my brother-in-law is still there. 
So, uh, you know, that that was hard for a little while. You know, I won't lie. That was that was a little bit tough. That was a tough transition when some of your family's still there. But right, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, racing's never gonna be gonna come between me and my family, and and um, you know, it's it's in the past, and it's it's time to focus on next season. You know, you you had such a great relationship with Clinton Boyles, and and and, and I I know that that relationship was very strong. Um, still is, yeah. It, it still is to this day, really. Just talk about Clinton Boyles, and and you know we used to use him on our Chili Bowl broadcast. We we'd have him come in down there in the booth, and he's he's so talented behind a microphone. He's still doing it. Uh, he's still doing it. <laughs> I think that he, yeah. he he could make a living doing live broadcast um, on Flow or any one of the Dirt Vision or just whatever. He, he he's very talented at that kind of stuff isn't he yeah i think and i think listening to him uh talk and and articulate a race while it's going on when you're listening to him on one of those broadcasts uh is exactly why i always felt like if if he didn't want to drive i always felt like he'd be a good crew chief is just because you know part of part of being a good crew chief is you know yes you have to make decisions uh, about what changes to make on the race car and and they have to be the right ones but uh, sprint cars are are you know we we tend to overthink them sometimes they're pretty basic machines you know and right. there's only so many changes that you can make even though a lot of times we do get them wrong um but the first step i think in being a good crew chief is being able to watch your race car and i felt like clinton just had a very good eye for watching a race car i think that's then he's driven one so that that helps when you're a driver and you're trying to describe to your crew chief what the car is doing if if the guy you're talking to has sat in the seat before then sometimes you're trying to spit something out that maybe maybe you'd have a hard time spitting it out the right way to somebody that's never sat in one but somebody that has like him Mm -hmm. he's he can kind of go, oh, okay, I, I, I get what you're saying, even though you might be stumbling over your words or or trying to figure out the best way to put it. You don't really have to try as hard with somebody that sat in the seat before. So I think those are his two uh, big strengths, you know, and, right. and part of the reason why I felt like it was a good fit when we decided to kind of hand him those responsibilities, you know, he – when he came to the, the 55 car, initially it was just just to kind of help me and, um, you know, be a car chief or whatever you want to call that and also be somebody that I could bounce ideas off of. And I, at the first part of that relationship, I was still kind of trying to make those final decisions on my own. And I'd finally just got to a point where I'm like, you know what, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be as good as the guys that I'm competing against, I need to just focus on driving. You know, it's so hard to wear both of those hats right? and, and be super competitive, you know? And, and, uh, at that time, you know, I think Tony and I even had a conversation like, well, who are we going to get? And, uh, I'm like, well, why don't we just let Clint do it? You know, he, he knows how to watch a race car. He's, he's been around me and knows 
has he's known what I've wanted out of a race car since he was 12 or 13, you know. So it wasn't like he'd never been around me before and didn't know what my driving style was and kind of how my attitude was toward things and stuff. It's so we just had a conversation like, hey, do you, you know, if you want this responsibility, we think you can handle it and we're willing to give it to you. Um, and he, uh, he just took it and ran with it. You know, I, I think, uh, at first that was probably a super intimidating thing to do. Uh, you know, to just say, all right, here you go. You know, you're right. the crew chief. And, <laughs> and by the way, your, your brother-in-law is making a living and feeding your sister and both his kids with it. You know, that was a, that was probably a, a big shoe to feel like not only was he, I'm sure he's out there to, you know, prove himself as a good crew chief, but he knew that everybody else was relying on him too. I had to perform in order to make a living and it was his job to make me perform. So I felt like that was, uh, that was a big step to take and a, and a brave step to take. Yeah, um, no doubt. And, 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 you know, for, for, uh, 20 something year old crew chief at the time, I, I, I thought he did pretty well at it. So, uh, but I, I to to further what you said, I think I think he could make a living doing the broadcasting. He could he could be a crew chief. You know, he, there's a lot of different things that he could do within our sport. And, you know, whether he decides to keep going down the crew chief route or or do something else. Yeah, I mean, I've been around the sport longer than he has, but I promise you, that kid knows way way more people that, than I do. You know, I he'll introduce me to somebody that I've never met before. I'm like, man, how do you know all these people? I, I just, uh, he's, he's a good networker, you know, and, and he's personable, um, which I think helps him in the crew chief role too. You know, it, it's, it, it doesn't hurt to know people when you're new and, yeah, no doubt. And, and you need a little help getting experience, you know? All right, let's talk about the Knoxville Nationals last year. You and Kevin Swindell hooking up. Uh, man, what a run at Knoxville last year. You started six in the A main, and wow, that was quite a week at Knoxville last year. Yeah, I mean, for me, that was big to, to finally make that race, you know, and to make it with with Kevin, you know, somebody that <clears throat> I've raced with off and on for my whole race career, all the way through carts and micros and USAC sprint cars and stuff like that. It was cool to be able to do it with Kevin and Joe, uh, you know, and Kevin's, Kevin's just, again, he's, it's like, uh, kind of like Clinton in a way where he's just a, ph- a phenomenal crew chief because he's been in the seat before and he's really good at watching a race car and, and, uh, you know, all of those things. And, and, you know, we started off that week really strong, had a good start in the spot and, and uh had a a couple motor mount bolts i think fall out of the front of the engine there just i don't know if they vibrated out or what and we 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 kind of faded um but man to to start that week out like we did get in the show have that good of a starting spot and you know just have a chance at having a really good run at that race was uh something that i won't forget and and something that definitely gives me the itch to do it again so are you going to do it again up there? Are you and Kevin maybe hook up again sometime? I'm sure we will. You know, I know they're they're super busy with trying to get Victory Fuel going right now, which they, 
which rightfully so, you know, they've done a really good job with, with getting victory fuel to where it is in a really short amount of time. So, you know, there's, there's no pressure for me to, you know, push him to, to get his race car out and race. I, I know he'll race when he's ready. And, and if, uh, if he feels like he wants to put me in his race car, then if, if my schedule allows, that's always something that I would, I would do. Uh, I just, I really work. I really enjoy working with Kevin and, and as, as long as I could fit it in, I would never say no. You know, we had Kevin on the show here just recently talking about his Chili Bowl win. Um, man, it, it, it seems like to me that um, his pairing with Logan Schuhart, it, 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 it's, it's such a good pairing. Don't you feel like it is? Don't you feel like that, they, that they've got something going on right there? Yeah, I mean, you know, Logan's an exceptional midget driver. He's, he's an exceptional driver, period, really. And uh, but but for sure in the midgets, and and Kevin's always had a really good track record there at Tulsa. And, you know, I just think the two of them together are you've got a you've got an elite crew chief for a midget in that building, and you've got an elite driver behind the wheel. You know, so uh, naturally, I think everybody knows that that's that's going to be a tough combination and and you know again it's uh it's always it's always good to work with a crew chief that sat behind the wheel before and and I, I you know know Logan really well and he's very good at describing his race car and that makes Kevin's job even easier so uh it's just no surprise to me that they've had the success that they that they've had so how does the schedule lay out for 2024 in these two different rides here? How uh, Are you going to go for any championships, or are you just kind of pick and choose? Not right now. We're just going to pick and choose. We, we do have a tentative schedule kind of laid out, and I'm sure, you know, since we're not running for points, we've got the freedom to change that if we want to. But, you know, just a mixture of all of it, a uh, mixture of the outlaws, uh, high limit, uh, some of the Maverick stuff around here at home that's that's close that pays good that makes sense to run and you know Ryan's got some some power eye races on his schedule that are close for him that makes sense to run and, uh, of course um, you know Knoxville and Eldora uh, are are going to be obvious ones that I want to do uh, but we'll just see you know I think. I think uh, the schedule that we're we're going to follow right now is really cool, and it works really well for both cars. They don't really overlap anywhere, and, uh, so it, it shouldn't be too hard to navigate. But um, I'm kind of looking forward to having the freedom to say, "All right, well, if it looks like rain here, we can we can go race somewhere else, or or whatever." You can kind of change your mind at the last right. minute if you need to, which which you know, the past three years I haven't had the freedom to do when you're running for points. So, um, I think it'll be a, a nice adjustment for one season at least. It's more fun that way, isn't it? When well, you don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's any more fun. You know, I, I like running for a championship too. There's something about chasing that. that's kind of, kind of, uh, gives you a carrot to chase or, or, yeah. or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it has its pros and cons as well. Just like, just like not running for points has its pros and cons. So I don't really, I don't know if there's one I would choose over the other, um, you know, but 
when you've done the same thing for three, four years, sometimes just a change of pace is good. And, and, um, you know, I, I might do it for one season this year and look at the schedules for next and, you know, think, think something different thing, man, I'd like to get back out there and run for a championship. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm happy to be a sprint car driver. So it, it doesn't really matter to me if I'm chasing points or chasing race wins, as long as I'm able to be in the seat of something every weekend, then I'm happy. There you go. I love that attitude, man. That that's that'll the, carry you a long way, that, Hunter. That's the perfect attitude to have as a driver. Uh, it, it, it just it just seems like it makes sense for you. Um, I, it sounds like that you would rather run for a championship, though, in your eyes, wouldn't you? Uh, I really, I, I honestly, I really don't care. I mean, I, I would I love to be a you know, World of Outlaw champion someday or, or now a high limit champion, sure, you know, but but I'd also love the opportunity to, you know, have a twenty race win season as well. You right. know, I think yeah. either one is equally as cool. Um, it doesn't really matter to me. You know, I, I've <clears throat> I just feel very fortunate that I've been able to to make a living driving a sprint car as long as I have and you know, now that Wheeland's got a quarter midget, and we've taken him to run a couple races. It really puts things in perspective. You know, you see these kids that are that are at the quarter midget track, and it kind of reminds me of when I was that age. And right. you know, these these kids want to do uh, what 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 we're getting the chance to do. And when you put yourself back in that that uh, that that mindset of when you were seven or eight years old, and you just aspired to be a you know, the next Steve Kinzer or Sammy Swindell or, you know, Joey Saldana, whoever it was, uh, you didn't, at least for me anyway, right. I didn't think about being a World of Outlaw championship. I just thought about being a sprint car driver, you know. So yep. uh, that's why I say for me it, it really doesn't matter. Now, if whatever situation I'm in, whether it's running for a championship or like this year I'm not, uh, I'm – I'm going for race wins, and I, I feel like, for me, it's it's all about chasing your maximum potential every year. If you're running for points, well, then the goal better be to win a points championship and right. to win no some doubt. races along with it. Yeah, no doubt. If you're not running for points, then I want to have as many wins as I can possibly rack up by the end of the year. Yep, no doubt. Uh, I, I, know, so. I've got a, 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 a five-month-old grandson that was just born here just about five months ago and i i i i'm i drove for 35 years as 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 a driver out at i-70 and lakeside speedway when they were pavement back in the day but let me tell you something i'm 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 a little bit giddy about getting my grandson into a junior sprint what what are your thoughts about those junior sprint cars oh i think they're race cars, right? You know, and they're race right. cars for kids. I, I don't. Uh, I'm I'm trying to be really careful. Uh, along the same thing with with wheeling, I'm trying to be really careful that, you know, hey, if if he wants to race, he wants to race, and and we'll do it. Um, but if if he takes an interest in something else, then we don't have to race. Uh, you right. know, I think 
Uh, it looks, and when, when I went to the quarter midget race this past weekend, that honestly was my first quarter midget race ever. Never been. I was always a flat cart kid uh, in Missouri. I did the flat cart thing, and and uh, it's a little bit different world, you know. But I see, I just, I see how seriously some parents take it when their kid is just seven or eight years old, and and I think at that level. Uh, they're not there to do anything but just develop a love for the sport or decide they don't want to do it. Right. You know, um, yeah, the laps are good. Winning a quarter midget championship is good or, or, you know, winning the indoor series championship at, at, at Buckeye is cool. Um, but I think it's, it's, really easy to take it too seriously at that level no 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 no, i agree with you on that and i think parents kind of push their kids a little too hard sometimes don't they yeah i do i think so i mean look racing racing is uh you can practice and and you can apply yourself to watching videos and doing things like that and you and those things do make you better uh, but there are a lot of things about driving any race car that just can't be taught and right and to me, yeah, absolutely. A parent can push a kid to be good, but but the greats in our sport were not pushed. You know, you can be pushed by by a parent or or a mentor or anything like that. You can be pushed to be good, uh, but if you got to be pushed, you're never going to be great. Right. You no know, doubt. You, if you're going to be great, you have to have that want inside of you to wake up every day thinking about it, go to sleep every day thinking about it, you know, be ticked off at yourself for mistakes that you made the weekend before so much that, you know, that it burns in your mind and, and you work on making, being better, things like that. You know, if, if you got to push a kid to, to, to do those things, then, they might be good, but I don't think they're ever going to be great. And it's okay if they don't have that. Either you got it or you don't. If they don't yeah, have if the they talent, don't have it, that's fine. If they don't have the talent, then that's okay. Yeah. Right? Because they're yeah, probably going to have a passion you know, for something else. Yeah, I, I, I'll say say that with total confidence, too, that, you know, as as a parent, you know, if, if there was a parent listening, um, you know, that maybe has a kid in that situation, be careful what you push them into because right. uh, racing, especially sprint car racing, is a tough way to make a living. You know, now I've, I, I feel very fortunate and very blessed to, to say that I've had the opportunity to do it, uh, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, but uh, I came from a, a farm family in southeast Missouri, and I tell people all the time, racing a sprint car is the closest thing to farming that I've ever been a part of. Right. It's a seven-day-a-week job. They're, they're long days. You know, car washes at 3 a.m. And, you know, it's it's not all the time is it sunshine and rainbows is what I'm getting at. So, yeah, right, no doubt. That's know, a good analogy. It, you, you, know, yeah, you know, you know, my, my, my grandson, they live on a farm, and they've got 40 goats, 24 chickens, uh, uh, 11 turkeys. They've got horses. It's that, their life. They've got mules. And so if he wants to be a farmer, I'm, I'm okay with that, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I think racing is, is a, it's a great sport to be a part of, you know. And, he, and even if, you know, even if a kid does chase a dream for a little while and, and later on in their life it doesn't work out, I can tell you for sure that 
it it teaches you a lot of important life skills. It teaches you work ethic. It it teaches you how to handle disappointments. You know, it yeah. it, it it teaches you how to be humble. It, it it teaches you how to do business. You know, and and how to carry yourself with other people. It, it's yeah. uh, you know, racing has taught me what it's what it's like uh, to you know. Hell, I've I've told people in the past I've. I burnt bridges before when I was young and, and pissed people off by the way I handled myself in certain situations or whatever. And, you know, I was just a young kid doing it all on my own. And, you know, you learn things like, Hey, when you make a commitment to somebody, you keep it. And this is what happens when you don't those, those type of things. And those things, those life lessons stick with you. Even when you're done racing, you, you, you you're going to go out into the real world and, possibly get a real job and you're going to need to know how to do those things. So, mm -hmm. uh, racing's racing's handed me a lot of, uh, a lot of other tools that I'll, I'll use later on in life as well. So, um, it's, it's a great thing to be a part of whether, whether, whether you, you make it or you don't, um, enjoy the ride and, and, you know, take it as far as you can. Words well spoken. So where, when and where will we see on the track for the first time this year? Well, I know for sure um, the, the first race on the schedule uh, would be would be the hybrider car uh, at Peavely for the Outlaw Show, but we may make it onto the racetrack sooner than that. I don't want to speak speak for Ryan for sure. You know, it's, it's his decision, and, and um, you know, we'll we'll do we'll do what they feel like they're ready to do but i know that's on the schedule for sure and if we can make some races before that just to kind of get things going then 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 we will or it sounds like we will but that's the that's on the schedule for sure um yep. so sometime beginning to mid-april i'd say we'll be racing and um should be busy pretty much every weekend from from there on out through through october so uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe squeeze in some more quarter midget races with Wheeling here and there if if he's up to it, you know, and wants to do it. So I'm yeah. sure whether whether I'm in the seat or he's in the seat, it'll be a busy summer. We're we're watching some great video of you driving your car um, uh, up. I, I believe it's at Knoxville. It, isn't that right? Yeah. It's at Knoxville right now. And man, that is some amazing video that you've got going on there. Uh, cool. I'm sure it's something that I'm sure it's something that Kevin and Joe put together with uh, with their their Speed Lab stuff, which they do a great job of all that stuff. And it's it's uh, it's something that I would like to do this year. We're 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 working with a couple sponsors to try to try to get some funding together to have somebody just kind of follow us around and maybe do a YouTube channel or do some Instagram videos uh, just to kind of give fans a little inside look of what the life that we're talking about is, is really like, you yep. know, yeah, I, I no think, doubt. I think there's a lot of people that do a really good job of, of portraying what things are like at the racetrack. But, um, I think fans are probably more interested to know what life is like for some of the drivers from Monday to Thursday, yep, you know, no which, is, which is what I think we're going to try to do, you know, yep. uh, I take a guy along when I'm going to look at a classic car that I might buy or doing a doing an LS swap in the shop or 
or or just chasing my kids around when they're acting up or whatever you know it's yeah it's it's pretty chaotic so we're we're going to try to do some of that stuff just to just to take a, a little bit better crack at at doing some of the things like Kevin and Joe already do a great job of, you know, like that video you're watching is right. super cool. And, and I, and I think we need more of that. Hey, what is your favorite muscle car? Just so, just so people know. Well, it's probably not what most people would think. You know, when people say muscle car, they automatically, I think the big cliche is a 69 Camaro, you know, like everybody wants a 69 Camaro, which Yep. Don't get me wrong. I like 69 Camaros. I've had them before. Right. Um, but my absolute favorite car, I'm actually going to get one Wednesday, um, a 62 Bel Air bubble top 409 four-speed. A uh, Bel Air. Okay. Wow. How All about right. that? It, it, and it's a 409, right? Yeah, 409 four-speed. And 62, uh, 61, they, they made Impalas and Bel Airs. Uh, with what was called a bubble top, mm-hmm. and um, I remember 60, that car well. Yeah, in '62, they went to a hard top that was shaped and looked more like what the convertible top did. But in '62, uh, those tops were a lot heavier, so they made a small run of cars in 1962 where they just used the leftover bubble tops from '61, and those tops were a lot lighter. So they built, I think it was, you'd have to check for sure to make sure I'm telling you right, but I'm pretty sure in 62, they built seven to 800 cars that were sold at more as a muscle car or race car Right. that had the big block 409 engine in it, and they put the bubble top on them because they were lighter. Right on cue, my, my producer, Todd Surprise, who is the very best at what he does, he, he just pulled up the bubble top 409 car on the screen so we could see it right now. Yeah. So that was that car. The reason they even had a 62 bubble top was because Chevrolet was just getting rid of the rest of the tops from 1961. And, and consequently they were putting a 409 in it because that was the, that was the muscle car engine for, for Chevy in 62 so it just made for a cool pairing, you know, lighter top. Hey, we got these sitting here. We got to get rid of. We're going to put put a big block engine with them and then the old four speed behind it. And, and that car uh, in 62, uh, if it had a bubble top on it, it would have came with the heater delete. It would have came uh, without a radio, you know, a lot of some of the extra bells and whistles that would have came on an Impala because the Bel Air was, it was a cheaper car. They just threw the top on a cheap car and made a race car out of it, which is my, that's my favorite, by far my favorite car. So uh, how many cars are four speed cars? Do you have a number on how many cars are four speed cars? In 62? Yep. Oh, uh, man, I'm thinking, I want to say it was somewhere between two and 3,000 maybe. Oh, wow. Because they would have, uh. They would have put they would have put a the four speed behind the two eighty three small block too, which you could get a you could get a sixty two bubble top in a two eighty three small block or um, the four oh nine yeah uh, with a four speed behind it yeah no doubt about and it. And if you had your choice of color, what would that be? Ooh, 
Uh, I'm kind of different when it comes to colors. I, I'm big on the uh, the off colors, like like, like the everybody nicknames this uh, 503 green, like seafoam green. Um, most people would call that like a turquoise, you know. Right. Probably that car uh, with uh, uh, white and blue, or or uh, yeah, that'd probably be my favorite. You know, like that that car white with a blue interior, a little blue stripe down the side of it. Or if it was a '62 Bel Air, it wouldn't have had a stripe down it. '61 would have been a uh, a white car with a blue interior and a little blue stripe down the side of it inside the trim molding. But that '62 Bel Air, it would have just been white inside and blue inside, or white and red. Um, the one that I'm going to get Wednesday is just a red on red car. It's yep. red exterior, red interior. But yeah, I like off colors. I'm not really a you know black white or red kind of a guy i like stuff that i like colors that are way different uh, todd uh, just on cue he pulled up that same car that you were talking about just now just so he, yeah. he he just showed it on online there so hunter we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on uh mostly motorsports it's all brought to you by rod and supply featuring the power eye midwest lightning sprints we can't thank you enough for joining us on the show today Good luck to you this year, and I hope you win a lot of races, bud. I appreciate that. If if I could, real quick, I, I just want to say thank you to my, my sponsors that are going to be with me this year, Eddie Gilstrap Motors, Marching Cattle, and uh, Inland Rigging. Um, just want to want to make sure I thank the, thank the people that are supporting me, and and uh, I thank you guys for, for having me on the show. And uh, anytime, just call me if you need a guest. All Absolutely, right. we'll do it again soon. We'll 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 talk to you after your big your big win. <laughs> after you you win a few races, we'll get you back on. How about that? That sounds that sounds good. Until then, take it easy. All, All right. right, thank good you, job. Hunter. Thanks, Hunter. There you have it, Hunter Schoenberg. You want to uh, do that uh, uh, live read right now? The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum got the sweepstakes going on again this year. The torch red. Corvette they're going to be giving away in August is the big part of that. It's a Z06 Corvette convertible with the Z07 performance package and $25,000 cash to the grand prize winner. Or you can take the $100,000 option. Either way, get signed up for it. Uh, They're raising funds for the Hall of Fame and Museum to keep it going year in and year out. And the Corvette giveaway is a part of that. Go to winaz06corvette.com to get signed up. The drawing is exactly one week after the Knoxville Nationals. And this winter, in December, they're going to be giving away the Sprint Car, which is a XXX chassis with a Al Parker 410 engine, race-ready Sprint Car they're going to be giving away. And if you want to get signed up for that, go to winasprintcar.com. Com. And, of course, the gift shop is open year-round, SprintCarStuff.com. Can't wait to get up there and check the new Salute to Eldora Speedway display that they'll yep. be having at the Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. They just got through redoing the, place the whole place. Yeah. 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 New floors, painted the walls, got it all ready to go for the 2024 season. And the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, great job by Bob Baker and all the volunteers and everybody who worked so hard at keeping the uh, Hall of Fame going. The Brian Clawson Sweet Tower, 
has been paid off, which is amazing. And uh, they still got a lot of needs that they to keep everything going this year. As we talked about the remodeling, donations the, are very important. Very important. To very keep important going, to so. the uh, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. So uh, can't wait uh, till the season opens up. We get back up to Knoxville here. What a couple of months we'll be back up there, ready to go. Kirk, I can't wait to get back up there. How about you? Always look forward to going to Knoxville. We've got a, a an RV spot up there at the North Campground, and yep. we're going to take our RV up there and keep it up there for a little there bit. You go. Right? Absolutely. Yep, no doubt. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We want to thank uh, Robert Ballou and Hunter Schoenberg for taking the time to join us on the show today. And uh, we'll be right back with more here on Mostly Motorsports. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now from RacingDirt.com is Trenton Berry. Trenton, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm uh, just here. I'm doing doing all right. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing okay. Uh, what did you think about Tim McCready's win the other night? Man, I uh, I, I thought it was. Uh, was pretty impressive. It's a good way for him to kind of bust up the uh, the Ricky Thornton Jr. Hudson O'Neill party that had been going on on the tour. So, right, uh, you figure he figure McCready's going to get there sooner or later, and he definitely got there pretty quick order. They've uh, they've had really good car counts this year at all those places. I uh, I was excited to watch East Bay tonight, but I just saw that it was uh, it was rained out here just a little bit ago. So, oh really? Um, I it, hate that. That's a yeah, bummer. Hate, hate we're gonna. Yeah, hey, hey, we're gonna miss that. So wow, yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, McCre had you seen McCready so excited to win a race as he did the other night? Man, not not for a long time. Not for a long time. You know, he he won a bunch. He won a bunch of races. I'm sure you guys you guys were there for the Chili Bowl. I'm sure he was probably right. a little more pumped for that one. You, you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I had I hadn't for a long time. Yep, no doubt. They, no, it, it's been a while. The 18D car of Dalton Wilson, he was putting the pressure on him right there at the end of that race, wasn't he? Yeah, and you know, both those racetracks down there have a have a way of of uh, you know, it's it's familiar dirt for a lot of guys in that part of the country too, and that's that's where you really see you know those 10, 12 guys, whatever they're 14, 16 this year probably, but those national guys that go compete against them on on stuff that's so different you know that's not anywhere near where 
somebody like Tim McCready grew up and raced, and, and it just makes it all the more impressive. And when you see how that uh, you know a lot of those local guys really they have an advantage just on knowledge of the surface, and and you really see how quick some of those other guys adapt, and how good they are, and how how tough it is to get on the tour and, and compete. Man, I uh, I've loved that Lucas Oil Late Model Series since since it first came into to inception, and uh, looks like they're going to have a have a stellar field of cars all across the country again this year, and I'm I'm pumped for them. How much do you think uh, McCready's excitement the other night played in? They're no longer the Longhorn House car. That that you know, Brandon yeah. Shepard's got that, and for him to outrun them, how how big was that a factor in his uh, jubilance the other night? Man, I don't think. I mean, he's he's still in those cars, you know, and and, yeah. and gets help. So, um, and and he's with the same the same team that that he was with before, but just not quite as associated with Longhorn there, I guess, as the the factory team. But um, I, I honestly, I think that. You know, somebody like Ricky Thornton and, and then Hudson, too. You know, they've had such a stranglehold yeah. on that series. And, and uh, it's just nice to see somebody else get in there and mix it up, yeah. you know, for, for me. And, and and McCready's always, you know, he's – I've seen him really excited, man. He he had a great one, I think, with the last Silver Dollar Nationals I announced uh, up there at I-80. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the last or second to last. I, I did several of them. But, uh, you know, he, he won that race and, and was really excited that night. I know he's been – He's been pumped at a lot of other other places over over the years too. So um, it's cool. I I like guys to get out. And this is kind of like no matter what the racing is. This is kind of my opinion, man. If 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 you're going to put a TV camera down there in victory lane, then that's that's a big deal to have won that race. And um, no matter what division it is or where it's at, I like to see emotion and excitement. And I don't think it's boastful or bragging when you've won the race. I mean, Victory Lane exists to to celebrate with your team and your partners. And I love when the racers match the moment there. You know, I, I don't I don't want to see a guy get out and just just not a not a hand up. You know, right? A lot of them do it because they're just a little more low key. But man, I, I like a guy that's pumped that he's he's just won the race. To me, it, it's always a lot more exciting. Just perspective from a guy that spends a lot of time in the infield. Yep. And let me ask you this, uh, Trenton. Do you think RTJ or Hudson O'Neill is the better driver of the two? Man, I don't know that you can say one's better better than the other one. I think they probably have I think they probably have racetracks where each of them's a little bit better than the other. Um Right. Man, I I don't I don't I don't I'm not qualified to make that distinction on on overall talent and I and I'll tell you I I, I think the world of both of them and um they're incredible i i couldn't for me i think if you know if, if you're going to set some sort of fantasy racing lineup i think it just strictly comes down if it's if it's one or the other you just have to look at past track record and i think you have to go track by track with with those two guys and right uh, i put bobby pierce in that same category you know right now with with those those two as well i don't I certainly don't feel like I'm qualified to differentiate who I think is a better overall driver because I, I think it's a pick them based on the uh, based on the night and the racetrack. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Devin Moran, he, he he's a pretty quality driver as well, isn't he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Right there with him too. I mean, he's he's that category. Shep's Shep's right there, and he and he he Shep will show some dominance at some point here this season, and then everybody will be like, oh yeah, okay, don't don't, don't forget about him as well. So. He's right there too. Um, 
you know, dirt, dirt late model racing is really fun right now. And there's a whole new cast of characters that are coming to the forefront and dominating these races. Um, I really enjoy it. I, I really enjoy where it's at on a, on a national level right now. I, I don't know if you guys feel this way or not, but I can't recall a time that it's ever been more engaging and more entertaining than it is now. And maybe that's just because it streams every night so we can watch it. I'm, I'm sure that probably helps too. Um, but man, I just, I love all the personalities and I love that it's, it's raw and it's real. And, you know, in a way, a lot of it's kind of uncensored, you know, stuff that wouldn't fly on network TV on a Sunday afternoon. Um, but I enjoy that aspect of it because I feel like truth be told, if those NASCAR guys, they're, they're, they're all one and the same, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. No doubt about it. I start, I started watching, I don't know if you guys caught any of this or not, and I'm not nearly all the way through it yet, but I I started watching NASCAR's documentary on Netflix. I've seen all five episodes. Okay, so so I'm not all the way through it yet, but I've I've really enjoyed the two that I've watched so far. I've I've gotten through the first two, and uh, it really gives a look. And, and man, those guys, you know, they, they just might drive a little nicer pickup and go to a little fancier race shop and, race in front of a few more people on Sundays and some of them have airplanes. I mean, that's really the only difference right. between what, what you're seeing on, on Sundays out there versus what any of these grassroots tracks have, you know, when you're talking uh, about racing at the highest level. Hey, you know what? I liked what you said right there, Trenton. Some of them have airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them have airplanes. Well, Den- Denny so, Hamlin yeah. was the, he, he was that guy, the one guy that's got the helicopter yeah. and the airplane and well, he was probably the star. Clint Boyer has a plane yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you know yeah. that, Kurt? He does. Hey, he bought a $6 million jet. But he makes a lot more money on Fox than a lot of these drivers do. It's a lot It's a lot different, too. Even, you know, they don't talk about it a whole lot, but you can sometimes get some people off to the side that are in the know. Man, these guys aren't making near what they made in no. like the mid-2000s and, and the 10s there. Um, and it's. You know, I don't know that I necessarily feel super strong one way or another about it. Um, I'll tell you that I think Kyle Larson's as good as anybody that's ever tightened the chin strap and to see that, you know, financially he won't realize what guys from an, uh, just a, a run of racers right before him had that had less talent than him. Like, that kind of sucks for him, you know, because it's more yeah. expensive for him to live these days. Not that he's obviously not going to be hurting for money, but you know what I mean? I don't know that that's the, the best scenario. Now, it was interesting to see, too, what happens here with this $7 billion rights deal that NASCAR just signed. And I love that they're going to go embrace streaming on this next TV deal, too, because I'm telling you, Amazon has made the NFL better, and they'll do the same thing for motorsports. When they can dig into those, I cannot wait till we get more in the next-gen stats for, for racing and NASCAR on TV. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so excited to be uh, to be living in an era where we're going to see that all come to fruition and watch them pioneer uh, this next round of, of media coverage for, for the sport. I'm, I'm really, really excited to see that next year. I thought the real star of that uh, full-speed uh, Netflix uh, series uh, wasn't even a driver. Booty Barker was the, I yeah. thought, the, the big star of that yep. series. Boy, he was, and he, for Bubba Wallace. he had quite a personality. Kirk, yeah. you, prob- you probably knew that. I, oh, yeah. I knew a little bit, I guess, but I, I didn't realize he was quite as, uh, he was a really a captivating figure uh, yeah. from that. And, That's him. Um, it was neat to, to watch it. Hey, Trenton, so just to change the subject a little bit. Let, yeah, let, go ahead. Let, let's talk about the Chiefs versus the 49ers. 
What? Oh man! What? Hey, well, what are your well, thoughts on, on on the Chiefs winning that game? So I've got one more thing. We've got one bigger Kansas City news story than the fact that Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, boys, and it's happened since you've been on the air here today. You ready for me to break you guys a little bit of news? I just saw it. It's pretty good stuff. What is it? The Royals just extended Bobby Witt. He has a brand new 11-year. Now, now hold on to your hats here. 11-year deal. $288 million contract. No way. To stay with the Royals. Wow. 11-year deal. We think about that, uh, Todd. Yeah, yeah, they're stepping up. Um, that that's a big deal. Hey, right there. don't you think the new ownership is uh, is trying to make some progress with the? They want to build a new ballpark. They want to build a new. They, <laughs> need, they want a new ballpark. Yeah, yeah, no that's doubt about it. They want, about. Ba- they want a new ballpark, and I don't, I don't love it. I'm just going to be the first to tell you my, I don't my, my opinions on it. I don't I like it either. It. And, I and, agree with you. And here's here's what I don't like. I don't, I don't like the rhetoric around it. I don't like the hey, this thing's too old, hey, this is that, this is whatever. I'm sorry, but if Arrowhead Stadium that was built at the same same era as Kauffman, if right. it's good enough to go through another renovation, then I'm telling you, for one of the slummiest franchises in professional sports, Kauffman Stadium is a beautiful ballpark, and it is way more than the Royals ever deserved. I like it. And like it where it's at. They should figure out a way... They should figure out a way to put that thing through another renovation and leave it right where it is. So maybe yeah. I'm just sound like the old guy that the get off my lawn guy. I, I <laughs> no, I agree 100%. Um, with I'm with you, you bud. But, but man, so he, here's the thing: I, them signing him to this contract is going to do nothing but but bolster the hey, hey, let's get out of the Truman Sports Complex. For that's the first thing I thought about. That's too, all so. part of it, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it has to be. I'm yeah. glad they're doing it. I, to be honest, I hadn't been real impressed with the new ownership, and and I had gotten pretty apathetic um, towards whatever. And maybe it's 106 losses or whatever. Like this last year shouldn't have been as bad as it was. I you don't have to set the world on fire, but you can play. They should have been playing around 500 baseball. I'm not saying you're going to get there, but they should have they should have been in that neighborhood. And just to just not even compete. Like, I'm not going to give you every night of the week during the summer. When, like, if you guys don't care enough, then I certainly don't. So, um, you know, I still check the scores and read Twitter and, and everything about the team. But this will this will definitely stoke some fires for the uh, for the team. I don't know. Have, have they announced, like, a, a fan, fanfare, fan fest, fan, the, the deal they used to – the money grab they used to do down at, uh, at Bartle Hall? I haven't heard anything about it. Have you, Todd? They had they yeah. had a deal last weekend that was just, but it isn't wasn't the same. But it was, it and it was. They, I mean, it was a meet and greet, autographs okay. and stuff. They already kind of had that deal. I don't know where it was at, but that that was last week, and that was the big rumor while people were there. Was they honestly thought Bobby Witt would be signed first? Then the week, this next week will be the next time when they try to get the ballot initiative taken care of, and they're going to try to get that thing. Yeah voted for so this is a big push that's what this is this is a big push saying we're we're serious because you know damn well if you lose bobby witt to a team on the east coast or west coast that was it you're not you you you've lost their fan base taking a step backwards exactly well he's a legit superstar you you, you guys know that you guys know and this 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 goes for both teams too but there's nothing in america like billionaires getting their ventures funded on the backs of blue collar (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm telling you guys if there there's one thing 
there is one thing in the world that could sour me on professional sports, and, and it's it's a it's a delicate line that I walk is to is to I have to disassociate disassociate myself mentally from the business of sports versus the teams that I want to watch compete. Absolutely. Because I'm telling you, I, I, I think loathe is a pretty strong word, and I don't really know much stronger of a word I could use, especially on, on a live microphone situation here. <laughs> but I'm telling you, my, my disdain for the business of professional sports knows no boundaries. And, I, and I'm telling you, it is, it is awful as a society that we've allowed it to get here and that we continue to be pawns in the games that, that billionaires play to support hobbies and interests that, that we all have. You know, not only to fund them in those mar- not only to fund them in those markets, but the amount of cash lay it takes to go interact and be involved. Yeah, um, no absolutely. Is, is truly mind boggling. And I'm telling you, there's not a fiber of my being <laughs> that appreciates the way that these teams operate. And that's not a shot at Kansas city. That's a shot at every uh, municipality and taxpayer base that helps fund one of these stadiums for these these billionaire <clears throat> that own these teams. Yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, but one of Scotty Cook's favorite words is disdain. Just so you know that. Oh, I'm I'm telling you, I just <laughs> it it it. I just I just have to put the business like when I flip the TV on to watch. I just have to enjoy the. The contest from start to finish for what it is, and I can't. I can't go yeah. think bigger picture because I just man. I got on blood pressure pills the other day, and they'd have to double. Those <laughs> blood pills. I, you know, I think the same thing. I think the same thing of college sports hey, too. Hey, I just want to watch the games. I don't like the other hey, stuff. Hey, Trent, yeah. how, how many milligrams of blood pressure medicine are you taking? Uh, ten. Ten. I'm on a ten. Yep. You know how? Yep. I'm uh, on a ten. Hey, just so you know. I take 360 milligrams of blood pressure medicine. How are you still alive? Every day I have to take 360 milligrams of blood pressure. Can can you believe that? So you you really can't think about civically funded uh, private private sports ventures either. Then that would really be bad for you. Hey, I'll tell you this. It's it's made me, as I've gotten older, it's made me appreciate so much more – and and you know in the racing world people can say whatever they want about promoters they're an easy thing to to take a shot at but if we didn't have those folks and it's it's essentially funded by blue collar individuals that have a never say die attitude and refuse to quit and and I can't tell you the amount of respect I have for the the privately held racetracks and the businesses that fund those promoters that allow them to to keep our sport going. And and I'm telling you, it's one thing that people can say whatever they want about professional sports and our racing being a a niche audience and a niche this and a niche that, but they'll never, they'll never be able to have, they'll never to me have the amount of respect that I have for these race promoters that are doing it out of their own back pocket. Well, you're a track owner yourself. You've seen the books. You understand what this is all about. A hundred percent. And it's, it's, it's so much more than you would ever envision with the, the yeah. naked eye, you know? And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think about, I think about folks like, I mean, Royal Jones is an easy one to look at right there. Are you kidding me? That guy could do whatever in the world he wants. And, and he keeps so much racing happening. And, and, and it, it all stems from the fact that he runs a company that is successful every single day of the week and has, has allowed him the ability to do it. And I just, you know, people like that, I just have to tip my hat to because Royal Jones isn't out there seeking seeking referendums and 
you know, he's he's just he's just getting up and getting it done. And, well, he and helps a lot of racers out there. Hey, hey Trent, hundred percent. Let let me ask you a little bit about what's going on with Dallas County down there. Is, is that track closed up completely? No, so they're so they're gonna they're gonna race this year. Uh, Bill Allen's gonna be in charge of it, and um, they're uh, they're gonna run. Man, I got a schedule the other day. I don't have it in front of me, but they got eight or ten races on their schedule. Uh, gonna run Friday nights starting the first week in May, and they're gonna it's gonna be called Urbana Speedway. So Urbana Speedway, I I like that. Yeah, I didn't didn't really get the story on on why the name changed, but yeah, it's it's there. Hey, uh, it's there and going to be racing. Are you going to run a USMTS race down there this year? No, no, Mm -mm. no, not gonna, not gonna do that. Got to have a big facility for that nowadays, don't you? You got, you got to have the seats like it. You have to have the butts in the seats to make that work, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I kind of know, I mean, I kind of know the, I'm not going to say kind of, I was a, a big part of three races that were there, and I, I know I know exactly the amount of people that need to be in there to make it work, and it's just, where the, where the series purse is at right now, it's going to be a, you're going to have to have a best case scenario every time you open the gate with no margin just to get yourself to zero, and I don't, I don't want to lose the audience on that, but the way most people think about these races is you just, you, you start in the hole, and everything you get works against your bill for the night, you know. Yep, and no doubt. So you gotta, and and your purse is the the biggest thing that you have to consider. And so your purse is offset by grandstand and pit passes, primarily grandstand tickets, and sponsorship dollars are are the, the ways that you can do it. Because when you go into a place, every facility is going to keep their own concessions. You're hardly ever going to get a piece of that pie. If they sell beer and alcohol, you're rarely going to ever touch that, nor get any portion of merchandise sales. That right. Are, is no their merchandise, Even if you brought the fans, so. You're basically working on front, back, plus sponsorship. And so it, everything gets thought about, and at least in my world and people we deal with, you know, we're always trying to get to zero. Like, what's it going to take to get to zero? What's it to get to zero? What's it to get to zero? Right. Because when you can limit your liability there, and then you can start talking about, hey, maybe this could be a successful event if we do this, this, and this. So um, it is really tough to get that racetrack with the amount of purse that's required for uh, show at that level it's really tough to get to zero yeah no doubt kirk and i have promoted a few races along the way yeah haven't we kirk? it's a risk isn't it it's it's, it's like a gamble it, you, you know what <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you i don't think really people understand the 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 amount of risk that's involved in promoting a race because it, it it's it's sketchy really to be honest with you isn't it but you're, I mean, I was. I just spent. I just spent two nights at the Ameristar Casino for the USMTS banquet two weeks ago. Their their odds on the blackjack table and the craps table pay out better than your odds at a race. <laughs> right, no doubt. Yeah, how was the uh, I mean, bad, how was the banquet up at uh, Harrow's Harrow's a couple weeks? Yeah, ago? it was it was great. It was great, and we we were both both places there, and it was it was a lot of fun. But the, yeah, the actual ceremony was was over at Harrow's. And, uh, they did a nice job. I think they had three or four hundred people there. Um, the the main conference room, um, you know, they opened the dividers on them, and it was full. I think they sold forty tables, I believe, for that thing. So um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I I really enjoy that. Good chance to get together and see everybody one more time before we get get the year off and and rolling. So and Rodney yeah, Sanders, was, uh, a five time champion. Huh? Hey, hey, listen, yeah, he, listen. Before I let you go. I've got to get your score. Uh, I've got to get your score for the the Super Bowl. 
Okay, so here we go. So I've, I've been a Sour Chiefs fan for the last six weeks. I'm telling you guys, they pissed me off to no end on Christmas Day when they couldn't beat the Raiders, and I just determined I'm done at that point. So in the interest of full disclosure, that's why I've been so sour every time I've been on with you guys since then. In saying all of that, I didn't realize Patrick Mahomes could be better than we'd ever seen him at any point in his career, and he's he's done that the last two games. Really, it was really good against the Dolphins, too but especially these last two games to put that team on his back and go win on the road and do the things that he needed to do to win. And that wasn't even in the Baltimore game necessarily scoring the the, the most points and putting up gaudy numbers. Obviously, you have to score the most points to win the game, so I, I, don't, I don't mean it that way. But, uh, you know, a lot of those times it was not putting your team in a bad situation. Yeah, maybe you could make a good play, but, hey, let's let's pack it in. We can punt this thing, and we'll, we'll bury that team back and get the ball back. So, he, he's he's played he's been so effective so efficient so smart these last two games and I'm telling you I think it's the best that we've seen out of him because he still has that trash out there on each side of those tackles that that have to get that ball moved up and down the field and I'm telling you if he is not just absolutely perfect they wouldn't be here so I've never seen him compete at a higher level than the last uh, last two games the second part of this I feel like I honestly feel like. This is the and, and think about this back with me. I think this is the worst team, and I know they played the 49ers a few years ago, but I'm just talking about the, the, the total makeup of a roster from year to year. I think this is the worst of the four teams that the Chiefs have ever ever played in the Super Bowl. And if, if you're two and one, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to beat the worst team that, that you've played. So maybe that's crazy, but that's, that's my opinion. Um, I think the Chiefs win by uh, – the Chiefs win by I think the Chiefs win by two touchdowns. Really? How about that? Yep. And you picked the Ravens so, to win the earlier game. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I sure did. And I and I still think the Ravens are a better football team than the Chiefs. How about that? And that same Christmas that day, that same Christmas day, the Ravens destroyed the 49ers. Yep, that same no doubt. Day. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's 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 I still think the Ravens are a better team. They just didn't, for whatever reason, couldn't get it done that day. Um, and Patrick was just nearly flawless. And and it's it's going to take that again. But I, but at the Forty Niners too. That's not the, the the Bills and the Ravens were both both better than the Forty Niners. Yeah, no doubt about this it. This year, Trenton. So, uh, I think they can get it done by a couple touchdowns. Trenton, the UMP modifieds are going to start racing down at Volusia tonight. What are your thoughts weather about permitting? That? Is it raining there too? We don't know. So yeah, I haven't I haven't looked. Now that's a whole other side of the state there, but obviously Florida's not super wide. But um, yeah, it's man, that's always such a crapshoot there of uh, of guys and things. I saw Nick Hoffman had the uh, had the Algar car out and was testing it earlier this week. So if if he's in it and you're talking Volusia, I mean, I think he's the odds-on favorite till somebody beats him. Yeah, no doubt. Trenton, we can't thank you t- uh, for taking the time to join us here on the show today. We appreciate it, and uh, we can't thank you enough for doing so. Yeah, hey, no problem. I'm glad to shoot the ball with you boys anytime. Have a good day. Go right. Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Right. You bet. See you. All right. All right. All right. See you too. And thank, thanks to Todd as well. Appreciate him too. All right, we'll, we'll, Thanks, we'll talk to you that. later, bud. We'll see you. But I'm also yeah, rooting for Brock yeah. Purdy to do well, too. You know, hey, I just want him to do well. Hey, listen, <laughs> we don't want Brock Purdy to do well. We want him to have a bad I'm game. A, I'm still a cheese fan, hey, and listen, I want them to listen, win, but Kirk, I want Kirk, Kirk to do well. Hey, Kirk, 
we're not having any of your Brock Purdy <laughs> bullshit right now on the air. We're not we're not taking any of that crap from you because you're a 49er fan. You're 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 more of a 49er fan than you are a Chiefs fan. No. Yes, you are. Fair. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I want the Chiefs to win the game. The only reason I'm a 49ers fan is because of Brock Purdy. I wouldn't be a 49ers fan if he wasn't playing on the team. I'm listen, a Chiefs fan no matter what. Listen, we don't want Brock Purdy to have a good game. That's the last thing that the Chiefs fans want is for Brock Purdy to have a good game. He can still- so just, just, just keep that out of your just – don't say another word about that. <laughs> I just don't, don't want to Don't say throwing. another word, Kirk. <laughs> don't say another word about Brock Purdy having a good game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. I don't think the Chiefs win by two touchdowns, though. I don't I'll be either. happy that they just get a win as a Chiefs fan. Uh, as, as long as they win, that's all that matters that's to That's all me. that matters, isn't it? Yeah. If you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports today. We can't thank you enough for doing so. And, uh, man, it, it's been a, a – Kirk, I, I can't thank you enough for filling in for the first hour for me. We were here, as we always are. Yeah. Glad Dieter is doing better. I, 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 she I, as well. I've got to take care of Dieter. Yep. Right? She She's my priority right now. That's it. So, Todd, what do you think? Chiefs win? It's going to be a good game. That's what I do every week, right? Just a good game. That's what I always. That's hope. all you want. It's a good I game. Hope, hope, hope for I, if I say that every week, maybe everything will keep going the way it's been going. So right. Make sure if you wore your, if you're superstitious, you wear that same shirt you wore last weekend, guys, and that's hey, I'm a win. I, I wear the same shirt every week. I'm not, there, there's people that are like that. So are you superstitious, Todd? Um, I won't wear the other team's colors the day of the game. There you go. That's my only superstition. So no bo- no burgundy and no gold for Todd <laughs> right. this week. So <laughs> All right, that's Todd. my superstition. <laughs> hey, Todd, thanks for doing such a good job I appreciate for it. Us, thanks, buddy. guys. Have, thanks, a, have yeah, a good one. Yeah. All right. We can't thank you enough for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We can't thank our, our guest enough, Robert Ballou, Hunter Schoenberg, and Trenton Berry for being on the show with us again today. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. stronger with rod and supply whether you are running industrial farming equipment or race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rod we don't just sell them we race them rod serving the racing community for over 30 years